Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. No Steve Lorenz today. He had uh, some, some sort of pipe issue in his house, so so he's he's a little bit out of the office this week. But I am down in Orlando covering Michigan Citrus Bowl matchup against Alabama. So this preview podcast, we, we also don't have our over-unders. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to do three things I learned while covering the Citrus Bowl down here, two questions I still have, and then I'll, I'll do one prediction and I'll try to try to add some detail to it. But but wanted to give, you know, do a little three, two, one. Maybe that's that's easy for our listeners to digest. If you want to read, myself and Josh Newkirk have written a ton uh, from this bowl game, you know, talking to players, talking to coaches. And so you can check it all out at the MichiganInsider.com and Michigan.247sports.com. So let's get started with the things we learned. And they're all pretty similar. I mean, it's, it's the same stuff. It's, and I came in, I arrived in Orlando wondering if Michigan cared. And so the first, first thing I thought that was notable is that Michigan seems pretty serious. Uh, you know, they, they, they always have these like little events, you know, go to, go to an arcade, go to Universal, go to, um, you know, the kids' day uh, where, the, where they're kind of helping or not helping, they're accompanying kids at the amusement park. Uh, pretty good cause. A little bit, could read a little bit more about that. Felt like Michigan, you know, their starters really, they went to the kids' day, and I think that's that's rewarding enough that I, I agree. But yeah, their starters weren't really as engaged in some of the uh, pizzazz, some of the parade of what I would call type events. And so Michigan seems pretty serious. And, you know, when we, we watched practice, only 15 minutes. It was warm-ups, but I, you know, we've seen the warm-ups before. This felt pretty, pretty serious. I mean, they, they you know, they, they've kind of gone dark a little bit, and, and dark in terms of uh, not not really talking a ton. And so, I mean, it's not like Alabama's just you know gallivanting all over the place, going crazy. But it it was interesting, having covered a few of these bowl games, that Michigan. Michigan seems to have tuckered it in a little bit, and I think we'll see. We'll see, but I think that that suggests that they they care just a little bit more than they than they have in the past, and and they're they're in it. They think that they have something to prove. Uh, well, they do have a lot to prove. We'll talk a little bit about that, that throughout the podcast. But um, you know, ask, I asked Cam Grown, you know, what's the motivation level like for this game, and he says we we want to shut people up, and and I asked Sean McCune is is has that been, you know, is it a problem? He's like, no, it's not, not a problem. Everybody's locked in. Everybody wants to, everybody wants to win. Everybody wants to show something. You know, you know the whole country is going to be paying attention. So did feel like it was pretty serious. Uh, in a similar vein, getting a, trying to get a little bit more specific, I do think this Michigan offense is fired up. You know, I, I, Josh Gaddis, I, I see the allure. I see why he's risen so fast, so quickly been a part of so many great passing offenses already is I mean he is just fired up of course he's going to be at least a little bit extra fired up because he coached against Al or he coached for Alabama I should say um, it was only one year they left on what I would consider mostly mutual terms I don't think there's any sort of like chip on his shoulder he wasn't he wasn't fired but at the same time he knows these guys and and I think I think he's someone that took a lot of flack you know I, I, obviously Mike Loxley was the primary play caller that's why he was named a head coach 
and Gaddis was named an offensive coordinator somewhere else. But it's, I, I think he's still got a little bit of, I, I think they all do. I think Shea Patterson does too. I think the receivers, they all took a lot of um, cr- criticism this fall. And I think, I think they showed a decent amount in the final three games. But I think, I think they're hungry to show even more. And so, you know, talking to Nico Collins, who, by the way, you know, I don't, he could have easily sat this game and just said, I'm, I'm focused on the pros. He wants to play. You know, Ronnie Bell, Ronnie Bell's always fired up, but I, I, you, know, just, you just get that sense that they're, they're very hungry. Um, you know, we talked to players before the Florida game, and it was kind of like, oh, we're excited to be here. We want to get an 11th win. This is a little bit more of a, you know, we want to shut people up. We want to make a statement. We want to prove that we can do it, prove that we're a great team. We want to, um, you know, they're not, they're not talking about the 10th win. They're talking about beating Alabama. And so it's a little bit more specific. It feel, felt like that was especially true on the offensive side. Uh, the defense is plenty hungry, but I think my, my thing I learned there is that, um, well, I was just surprised at how many questions the defensive players, you know, it wasn't about how's your defense look. It's like, how do you stop this receiver, that receiver? How do you stop this offensive line? And, and it was interesting because we talked to Ambry Thomas, LaVert Hill, Aiden Hutchinson, Cameron Grown, a little bit of, of Cleek Hudson too. But it was just interesting because, like, you could, you could kind of see in their eyes. They were just looking. They're like, uh, real sick of these <laughs> Alabama questions, and so I'm I'm very fascinated to see what they look like. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna struggle, I think. If I'm being blunt, Alabama, they they might have the best receiving core of all time. There's never been a team that had three first round receivers. There's only been a couple teams, two or three, ever to have two first round receivers in the same class. They got a pretty good chance at three if you look at the mock drafts. We'll see, but um, yeah, I'm very, I'm very curious, especially maybe the defensive backfield. We'll talk about the the guys up front in a moment, but the defensive backfield, I think they feel like they, you could kind of sense they were like, hey, you know, they've got a heartbeat just like I've got a heartbeat. They're they're people, and uh, you know, Ambry Tom, that was Lavert Hill that said that, and Ambry Thomas um, just kind of said. No, I'm focused on I'm focused on being my best. I'm not focused, you know, I can't get wrapped up in this receiver, that receiver. They have studied them a lot, and I, I thought that was interesting. We asked Ambry Thomas if he talks to Lavert Hill about NFL decision or anything. He's still undecided, but, um, you know, an NFL decision versus anything like that. And he said, no, we've just been hanging out, watching film, you know, trying to trying to figure out these guys' tendencies. And so I, th- I think they have a sense that well they, they don't have a sense they know that they can prove a lot in this game and um I don't think Michigan fans would be satisfied with you know it's the first time we got to talk to Don Brown after the Ohio State loss he, he kind of he didn't he didn't dismiss it but he, he he wasn't he wasn't sitting there apologizing at, at the podium and so maybe a dissatisfactory answer for a lot of fans when he just didn't didn't brush it off but didn't necessarily vow a change or anything uh I thought that was interesting maybe maybe our listeners didn't but um I do think the defensive backfield had a lot of a lot of interesting quotes about what they feel they can prove in this game 
Uh, so yeah, those are the three things I learned. It wasn't it wasn't as much access as other bowl games, which again goes a little bit back to that serious approach. But uh, they do seem really motivated. They really do. And and so to answer my the question I had coming in, does Michigan care? I I think yes. You know, I just wrote a story about um, the chance to shut people up when the criticism around Michigan is uh, as fervent as it's ever been. I think that really does fire this team up. That's why Josh Uche's playing. That's why all these other players who are, uh, you know, the seniors are all playing. We talk a lot about the, the high draft picks, but sometimes seniors, I mean, hell, they might just want to, like, if you're a Mike and Wenu, you could not risk getting yourself hurt. Offensive linemen don't get hurt quite as much, but still not risk getting yourself hurt and just, move, you know, head down to California or Arizona or Florida or whatever and, and just focus on your NFL draft prep. They get, there's a good amount of seniors, and they're all playing. They're all playing. I mean, you know, Mike Dwumfor did not make the trip. Uh, another person who will not play, I, I, I would assume, like 90. You know, they're, they're pretty confident he's not going to play. But Christian Turner, uh, he, I don't know if he made the trip. They said he was going to arrive closer to game day. We haven't seen the team in full uh, since that was said. But I do think Michigan cares. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of guys who wanna who wanna be the team that kind of changes things, and we'll talk about talk about that in a moment. But this would be this would be Michigan's biggest win. You could maybe make a case for 2011, uh, you know, the Sugar Bowl or beating Ohio State. But I mean, this I would say this would be the biggest win since 2003 when they beat Ohio State. And so, yeah, it's a big deal. It's a big deal, and it's a big opportunity. So I think Michigan, the, the care level is high. Now on to the two questions I still have for this game. Uh, the big one is, does Alabama care? Because, and, and this is a, little, a snippet that can't really fit into a story, uh, so this is a listener-only deal. But talk to, talk to a few Alabama writers, and, and they're all skeptical that Alabama cares. Um, and these aren't these aren't the national right. These are boots on the ground writers who follow this team pretty closely. And one of them, one of them told me who's who's decently plugged in, told me that because I was surprised that only two players were skipping the matchup. You know, I, I thought with potentially eight first round picks, two of them are hurt, but only two more sat. I was a little surprised at that. But what one of them told me is that Nick Saban kind of. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Pleaded, had to plead and, and, and grovel a little bit to, to get these players to play and that they're all, they're all doing it but maybe a little begrudgingly. And so this, this writer had the hypothesis that uh, they'll be motivated. They're competitors. You know, they're they're going to want to win. But if things go sour early or if Michigan comes out hitting hard and tackling hard, that maybe the players kind of 
you know, are like, oh, I don't really want to, don't want to get hurt, don't want to, don't want to ruin anything here, and maybe they, they don't dig their feet in quite as as sternly as as a team like Michigan might. So that's a that's a big question because I I do think Alabama has a has a pretty significant edge in this matchup, but I'm very curious about what happens, you know, it, kind of in between the hash marks. What happens when when things get tough? How do the Crimson Tide respond? So that's one of the questions I have entering this matchup. The other one's a little bit more positional matchup, but it's does does Michigan have enough on the defensive line to slow down Alabama? And Alabama hasn't actually run the ball a ton this season uh, in, against Power Five teams. They have not run for more than 180 yards. But Michigan, Carlo Kemp is going to be a game time decision. Seems like he's going to play. I mean, he's not walking around with any any sort of cast or limp or brace or anything and he did practice in pads he didn't do every drill but he did most of them that makes me think that maybe by Wednesday this was Saturday that we saw this so that makes me think that perhaps by Wednesday he could be good to go but Michael Dwumfor isn't here and they were already pretty thin at defensive line to begin with and so I'm 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 personally to me that's the big one if Michigan gets enough on the defensive line I don't know if they move in. I don't know if they go three-man front. I don't know if maybe Aiden Hutchinson and Quiddy Pay take a few snaps inside. Maybe Mozzie Smith and Chris Hinton really are stepping up. I did like Chris Hinton's game against Ohio State. Didn't feel quite the same. Uh, or I'm sorry, I ha- haven't seen anything of that sort from Smith. And that's that's not a dig, but I mean, him and Donovan Jeter, who were Dwumfor's backups this season, they didn't record any tackles. And so... Real curious to see how that looks because I think every single member of Alabama's offensive line is going to end up being a top, you know, 50 or 60 NFL draft pick. Landon Dickerson, maybe the exception at center, uh, but but Evan Neal's a true freshman. He's 370 pounds. You know, Alex Leatherwood, Jed- Jedrick Willis. I've I've the right guard's name escapes me, but he's NFL bound too. He's just a, a little bit younger as well. It's a good group. It's a good group. It's probably right up there, maybe even better uh, than, than the Wisconsin-type offensive line, than the Ohio State-type offensive line. So, so yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the big question. What does Michigan's defensive line look like? Because if, if they can cool Najee Harris and if they can um, you know, put Mac Jones in some tough situations, you saw what Auburn could do. You know, they won because they forced two pick sixes. One of them was very fluky and lucky. But at the same time, Mac Jones did get put on his heels a couple times. And Michigan's going to have to do that. That's why they've been blown out by Ohio State the past two years, is they didn't get a pass rush. And this, this past year, they didn't stop the run either. So really, really, that's it. That's, that's, the, that's the matchup. Is, um, you know, I, think, I think Michigan's offense will be able to accomplish some things. Alabama's defense, we've said in a different podcast, they're human. They, they give up around 350 yards per game to power five teams. Uh, that's, that's good, but it's not, it's not like a Penn State. It's not like a Wisconsin. It's not like a, an Ohio State. It's maybe closer to a Michigan State. And so um, with, with a little bit more talent, but they're going to be missing two starters due to the to sitting out for the draft, Trayvon Diggs and, and um, Terrell Lewis. But uh, they're also going to have two players that are injured or some players that have been injured. 
Obviously, they, they were thin at linebacker this year due to two season-ending injuries that occurred before the season started. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very – I think Michigan's offense will do something, but I think the big question is, is will it be enough? And to that, I say no. I, I'm predicting Alabama to win. I know they're ranked 13th by the college football playoff. I know that they've lost to the two ranked teams they've played this year. And they had some closer-than-usual games against other SEC foes, such as Tennessee. But, man, they are just so talented. I mean, even, even, even with four potential first-round picks not playing, they have four more that are playing. And so it's really, um, you know, the size, speed, and strength. You know, they play the game for a reason. It's because upsets can happen. But sometimes in football, if you're just stronger, faster, and better, it, it'll show. It'll show. I think it'll show too much in the line of scrimmage for Michigan to come out on top in this matchup. So I have Alabama winning 45 to 34. So high-scoring game. Certainly has potential to be an entertaining game. I, I think most, most of the country will be watching it. It's probably the most fascinating game other than the two playoff games. You know, I think, does, does Georgia, Baylor move the needle more? I, I don't really think so. Florida, Virginia, not, not so much. Oregon, Wisconsin should be fun, but I, I, think, I think Alabama, Michigan's in the same boat as that. And so fascinating moment for Michigan. I mean, my, again, I'm predicting pretty much more of the same, but if they can flip the script, you know, they had a, they had a very unique decade in that they were mostly good but didn't do anything of consequence. One win over Ohio State, Two bowl wins, no conference titles. And so they, they, they have another step to take. They have another step to take to, to accomplish what the expectation is for Michigan and where, where, where Michigan fans wanted the, to see the program under Jim Harbaugh. And so if they want to take that next step, I think this is, this is the step before the step because they're going to have to do it next season. They can't fix everything in one game, but if they can find a way to upset Alabama, I think... I think that sets the tone. And I think, again, probably their biggest win in 16 years. And so that sets the tone for next season, and then who knows? I'm not predicting it, but that is a unique opportunity. Heard, heard the word opportunity probably three dozen times by players and coaches this week. And so Michigan's aware of it. You're aware of it. And we'll see what happens. Uh, Steve Lorenz wasn't there, but he'll, he'll, be, he'll be in the podcast after the game. And so for him and myself and everyone over at 247sports.com and michiganinsider.com, thank you for listening to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast. Hope you had fun. Hope you learned something. We'll see you next time.